0: I don't know what um, overwhelms you in life. Um, I think one of the things that overwhelms us is too many choices. How many of you know we live in a world that is full of choices and we think that because we have more choice, we're going to be more um, have better mental health and we're going to have more kind of... In fact, it's the opposite. I remember when I went to Bulgaria first in 1990, and uh, back in the day when I went to Bulgaria, it had just come out of communism. And if you went into a supermarket, if you had bread on the shelves, that was a miracle. People were queuing in the supermarket to get one loaf of bread. And if there was bread on the the shelves in the supermarket, there was only one kind of bread. That was it. If there was coffee in a supermarket, there's only one kind of coffee. And a friend of mine called George um, came over to England to study just in those early 90s in that period. And I remember the first time he ever went into a supermarket in London. And he froze in the middle of the aisle and he was paralyzed. He couldn't move because he'd never seen so much choice. And then we we're walking down the street and he saw people taking money out of the wall, out the hole in the wall. And he'd never seen that before. And then, and then it was funny. He, he was, um, he was uh, in a car and they were stuck in traffic. And um, I said to him, why were you late? And he said, we were stuck in traffic marmalade. He kind of meant traffic jam, alright, he got the wrong word, alright, that's what that was there, okay? Let me just help you out with that. And it was just this whole kind of, so much choice when you weren't, didn't have any. But I don't think too much choice helps us in some ways. In fact, the guy who was, um, is the chief exec of Tesco's, Dave Lewis, he says this, earlier this year he decided to scrap 30,000 of the 90,000 products from Tesco shelves. In part, this was due to response to the growing market share of places like Aldi and Lidl. Tesco used to offer 28 tomato ketchups, while in Aldi, there's only one in one size. Tesco offered, listen, 224 types of air freshness. Aldi, only 12, which to my mind is at least 11 too many. All right. Barry Schwartz wrote a book called The Paradox of Choice. And he writes this, Even if we do make a choice, we end up less satisfied with the result of the choice than we would be if we had fewer options to choose from. Increased choice can make us miserable because of regret or self-blame. Worse, increased choice has created a new problem, the escalation in expectations. Consider jeans. How many of you are wearing jeans today? Many of us. Listen, there was a day when the choice of jeans was one pair of jeans or no jeans. And this is what he writes in the book. Once there was only one kind of jeans, says Schwartz, the ill-fitting kind. (laughs) That, fingers crossed, would get less ill-fitting once you wore them and washed them repeatedly. Now, we have all the options. Stone washed, straight leg, boot fit, stretch, zip fly, button fly, slightly distressed, very distressed, knee hold, thigh hold, knee and thigh hold, pretty much all holes and negligible denim. Those are the jeans that we have. Schwartz says he feels that what happens is that we are then entitled to expect that there's a perfect pair of jeans just for you. Inevitably though, when you leave the store, you are less likely to be satisfied than when there were hardly any options at all. Too many choices can make us feel overwhelmed. Too much change can also make us feel overwhelmed. Hallelujah, we have a general election coming up. Another election. How many of you excited about that? And yet again, another opportunity for more change. We live in a world that has so much change going on right now. And I get it. And I understand that we're part of that as well. Because you're sat in the third auditorium that we've had in 20 months. So we're all about change as well. But I get it that it's overwhelming. And I want you to know we feel overwhelmed by change in church just as much as any of you might do as well. But here's the thing, some change is good. If it's broken, you've got to change. Or if you need to break through, you've got to change. You have to embrace change when something's broken, but you also have to embrace it when you need to break through into something new. But too much change can be overwhelming. Too many hard circumstances can be overwhelming. You know, when I look around this place, and I look at many of you who I know, I am really constantly Just blown away by how resilient many of you are. I know some of your lives. You've had tough thing after tough thing after tough thing. And you still stay strong and passionate and resilient for God. And I'm impressed by that. But sometimes too many hard circumstances can threaten to put us under, can't they? We can feel overwhelmed. Too many demands or expectations. That's another one. You know, the mental health... Too many demands. The mental health pressure on young people these days is frightening. They say that in millennials as well especially, the pressure of demands and expectations on them. Not only do they have to achieve and be something, but they have to look perfect and beautiful. They have to be the perfect parent and get the perfect job and drive the perfect car. And those kind of demands and expectations are part of what's creating the rise in mental health issues that we have in our culture. There's just too much that's overwhelming us. And here's the last one. Too much to do and too little time to do it. Anyone got that one? Too much to do and too little time to do it. But take heart, in the 1960s, they predicted that by the turn of the century, and we're now beyond that, well beyond that, we'd only be working 30 hours a week. That came true, didn't it? You see, the reality is that all of us live in this world that is overwhelming. We're overwhelmed by so many demands by so many hard circumstances, by so much change and choice and so much to do and little time to do it. But before we look at the app that we can download and apply it, let's get real for a few minutes. Even the most spiritual, amazingly gifted, close to God people in the Bible got overwhelmed as well. David got overwhelmed. David was the king who wrote the book of the Psalms. Many of the Psalms, they're little songs or poems that are windows into his mind and into his soul. He got overwhelmed. Psalm 61 verse 2, From the ends of the earth I call to you, he said, I call as my heart grows faint. As I'm getting overwhelmed, in other words, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. David's saying, I'm getting overwhelmed by everything that's happening to me. Moses felt overwhelmed. Moses was the greatest leader that the people believe who's ever lived. He led two million people out of Egypt and through the wilderness. Incredible guy, humble guy. He also got overwhelmed. He had two million people, many of which were moaners and whiners and whinges for much of the time. And in Numbers eleven, he writes this. It writes this. He asked the Lord. Why have you brought this trouble on your servant? That's me he's talking about, Moses. What have I done to displease you that you put the burden of all these people on me? Did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth? Why do you tell me to carry them in my arms as a nurse carries an infant to the land you promised on oath to the ancestors? Where can I get meat for all these people? They keep wailing, give us meat to eat. I cannot carry all these people by myself. The burden is too heavy for me. Do you think he feels overwhelmed? Just a few clues there, isn't there? And then he says this. um, If this is how you're going to treat me, please go ahead and kill me right now. Anyone ever felt like that? Like it's so overwhelming. There's so much. Shoot me now. That's what he's saying. Then he says this. If I found favor in your eyes, do not let me face my own ruin. And you know, if you're in leadership, you'll know how overwhelming leadership can feel. And how you can feel just like that as well. You'll know that if you're in any kind of leadership at all. But I want to kill a myth this morning. And the myth is this. And I used to believe this myth. So if you believe it, don't feel too bad. I used to believe it as well. The myth is this. God won't let you, God won't give you more than you can handle. Not true. It's a myth. God won't give you more than you can. I used to believe that. The problem is if you believe that. When you're drowning under something, if you believe that God won't give you or, or allow you to have more than you can handle, then you'll be tempted to try and handle it all on your own. Well, I can do it because God won't give me more than I can handle. So I'll go for it and you'll drown under it. But what Moses had to learn was that that myth isn't true. And what he had to do is he had to hand some stuff over to others. And he had to hand over a lot to God. Because he wasn't meant to carry all of that burden himself. Maybe God allows at times more than we can handle. So we won't try to handle it on our own. So that we'll hand off to others and we'll hand over to God what is God's to carry and not ours to carry anyway. I think we learned this, me and Alison, when we were going through that very difficult time with Simeon, our youngest, as you know the story. And, and, and we, we, I think we really believed that, that God gave us a, or allowed us to have a child with such complex special needs. Because somehow he trusted us as parents and so we could handle it. And we did handle it for a lot of years. And it got to a period of time where we tried to handle it and we weren't handling it. And it got to a point where we realized we needed help. We had to hand some stuff over to others. And we had to hand a lot of stuff over to God and to trust Him. And if we hadn't, we would have drowned and so would He. And what was better for Him was that we had to let go of that myth that God won't allow us to have stuff that we can't handle. I don't think that's true. Sometimes we have to hand it off and we have to hand it over to God. Maybe we carry burdens that we're never meant to carry in the first place. And you know, not only David and Moses got overwhelmed, but Jesus got overwhelmed as well. Bible says in the garden of Gethsemane, he said, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. So what can happen when we get overwhelmed? Because we all do. If Moses did and David did and Jesus did, then we do. But I think one of the things that happens is that we can lose our perspective. Now I've done this many times before, but just close your one eye for me and put your thumb in front of the open eye and look at me for a moment, okay? Okay, if you do that and you're, looking at, you're trying to look at me through your thumb, what looks bigger to you, your thumb or me? Your thumb. Got news for you. I'm bigger than your thumb. But what happens is that at certain points, we lose the sense of perspective. And Elijah was a great man of God. And in 1 Kings 18, he's on, on top of this mountain and doing some incredible things for God. And then the queen says, listen, because of this, by this time tomorrow, in one day, I'm going to kill you. And he loses, he feels overwhelmed and he loses perspective and he runs for a day into the desert and he gets to a tree and the Bible says there he sat down and he said, God, I want to die, take my life. He lost his sense of perspective because you see, just a day earlier, the queen had said, in one day I'll kill you. One day later, he gets to a tree and he's alive. That tree should have been a tree of celebration because she said one day and you're dead. And yet one day later, he's alive. He should have said, yes, But that tree of celebration became a tree of despair. Why? Because he lost his perspective. Because when you're overwhelmed, what's big looks small and what's small looks big. And what's far away looks close and what's close looks far away. And if you are overwhelmed right now, God will look small and feel far away. But he's not. All that's happened is that you and I have lost our perspective. Not only do we lose our perspective, but we also lose our peace. Peace. Disciples are on a boat one day with Jesus and many of them are experienced fishermen. And they enter onto the Sea of Galilee and there's a, a the Bible calls it a furious squall. It's, a, it's an instant storm that threatens to overwhelm their very lives. This is what it says in, in Mark 4. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. That's annoying, isn't it? When you, These are experienced fishermen... Used to storms out on the sea, threatened, being threatened with being overwhelmed and drowning. And Jesus, the master and the Lord, he's asleep. It's really annoying. And so they woke him up and they said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down and it was completely calm. When you are overwhelmed, not only do you lose your sense of perspective, but you lose your sense of peace. And many of you in this room may be here right now, maybe in the overflow rooms through there, or maybe listening on podcasts. Maybe you are in this place where you are feeling overwhelmed and you've lost your peace and you've lost your perspective. But I want to tell you there's an app for that. There's an app for that. John Ortberg, one of my favorite writers, he writes about this story. He says this, you see, peace is not finding a lake with no storms on it. Peace is having Jesus in your boat. Peace is not finding a lake with no storms on it because there aren't any. Peace is having Jesus in your boat. But having him in your boat is one thing. Learning to apply him is a whole different one. So how does it work then? How do we apply? What is the app that we can download? What is the app that we can apply to bring that sense of peace and perspective when we're feeling overwhelmed? The app simply is this, focus. Focus. How many of you know that phrase, you can't see the wood for the... Trees, when you're in a forest, you just see trees, 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 and so many trees, so many different trees, there's wildlife there, that tree looks dying, that tree's nice, and I'm distracted so many, but if we can focus on one tree, maybe even a branch, maybe even a leaf, everything else goes out and we focus in on that one thing. You know, the fastest growing psychological trend in the world today is something called mindfulness which if you know what mindfulness is and you've seen books and arty things about it, it's about trying to align your emotions and your thoughts and centering yourself. Nothing wrong with it. It's got a lot of merits. But it's rooted in Buddhist philosophy. And I want to say to you, I want to suggest to you, there's a better app than that. You see, what that does is it puts you at the center of your world. But how about rather than centering ourselves on ourselves, why don't we center ourselves on God? The one who never loses perspective. The one who never loses peace. The one who is never overwhelmed. Because when you do that, as we focus on him, he brings a centeredness to our lives, which restores perspective and peace. How about instead of mindfulness, we are God mindful in our overwhelmed situations. There's a great story concerning Jesus that I want to look at just to apply this. And many of you will know this story. It's in Luke chapter 10, verse 38 to 42. Let's read it together or I'll read it and you can follow it or follow it on the screens. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Same phrase the disciples used in the boat, wasn't it? Jesus, don't you care? You're asleep and we're drowning. Don't you care? Same thing here. Don't you care that, she, that I'm doing all the work and she's left me? Do it. Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Jesus almost like changes his mind there. He says, few things are needed. Actually, only one. You see, you looking at all the trees, okay? You look at all, all the trees, but you can't see the wood. What you need to do is to focus on the one thing that is needed. Hmm. Mary has chosen what is better. It will not be taken away from her. Now, I was brought up in church, went to Sunday school, heard this story when I was a kid. I've always thought that this story is like a contrast between two types of people. Martha is a type A person. Let's do a little analysis in the room. A type A person is, you get bored if you're not doing something, you're very active, you write to-do lists, you're very focused, you want to get the job done. How many of you are type A people? Okay, yeah, I am. Your favourite music is Metallica and Motorhead, that kind of stuff. A type B person, on the other hand, is very relaxed, very chilled out, doesn't want to write to-do lists, love a bit of Bob Marley. How many of you are type B people? Okay, yeah, yeah. I always thought... This was a contrast between type A Martha's and type B Mary's. And Jesus is saying, type B Mary's are the best. So basically, stress head type A's, you need to chill out a bit. I thought that's what it meant. Because he says, because she's chosen what is better. But it only means that if you ignore the rest of the Bible. You've got to ignore the rest of the Bible to come up with that conclusion. Because at other times, Jesus says, take up my cross and follow me. He says, get down from the table and wash the feet. He says, give yourselves for the poor. Paul says, you don't get to train yourself like an athlete. Beat your body like an athlete. doesn't sound very relaxed or chilled out, does it? But you see, what Jesus is saying in this situation is this. In this one moment, she focused on the thing she needed to focus on. She saw the wood through the trees. And that's how we apply the app that we need the most When we are overwhelmed, because we are overwhelmed by so many things that what we need to do is to ask the Holy Spirit to help us to focus in on the one thing that is the most needed. See, I think that the key word in this verse is the word distracted. The word distracted, which literally means to be pulled away from something. She got distracted from the one thing that was needed. My theory is that anything can distract us, including sitting at the feet of Jesus. That can distract you if that's not the one thing that's needed at that moment in time. And you see, she wanted to hear um, from Jesus. She wanted to hear Jesus kind of chastise the one that sat at the feet, Mary. And you can imagine Martha in the kitchen. Anyone ever done this in the house when you, you know, nobody else is doing the work and you're doing it? Anyone done that? And I can imagine it in the kitchen banging the table and smashing the dishwasher and banging the cupboard. You ever done that? Ladies and men, we've all done it. Nobody else in this house, you've done that. I can imagine that. And yet she finally complains to Jesus and he hits the nail on the head. He says, Martha, in this instance, she chose to focus on what she needed to focus on, which was me. You've got distracted. You know, when you get distracted, you then get disconnected from yourself, from each other and ultimately from God. But when you focus, when you say, hey, I can't cope with all these things. I'm going to focus in on the one thing that is needed. Then the peace and the perspective can come back. Application is the ability to know and to do the right thing at the right time. It's what discipleship's all about. In this instance, the right thing was to sit at the feet of Jesus. In another, it may have been to stack the dishwasher. But in this instance, she chose what was best. You see, the world is, is made up of two types of people, but it's not type A and type B. It's not introverts or extroverts. The world is made up of two types of people, those who hear and obey God's word and those who don't. Those who hear and obey and apply and those who don't. There will always be lots of things, folks. We will get overwhelmed. The key is to choose the right one thing at that right moment. Can you imagine if on Tuesday morning last week, we all came in, which we did at nine o'clock. We sat around a table, prayed together, and then we said, okay, we've got to strip everything out of all those buildings, get rid of it all, or carry it all down to the back block, and we've got to set this whole thing up, and we've got to do it in four days. Imagine if we'd all said, let's just relax. Let's just let's put some worship music on. Let's just worship Jesus. Let's just spend time in God's presence. It'll all get done. Imagine that. Didn't happen. Because that wasn't the right one thing to do at the moment. The right one thing to do is say, guys, we're in this together. We're going to pray. We're going to give it to God. It's going to be really hard. Let's crack on and let's get it done. And And here is the result of that. But then there comes a moment at the end of that on Friday night when many of us came in this room to pray, when we said, God, we've done all we can do. The right thing now is to give it to you. We started by giving it to you we've done all we can do. Now we say, God, or we could be overwhelmed. I could get overwhelmed by, will anybody show up? Will it work? What will happen? What will happen to the kids? Da da, da, da da Overwhelmed, overwhelmed. Or we could say right now, we've worked as hard as we can. We've done everything we can. Now we give it to you. You can do what we can't do. Touch lives. Change people's lives. Move in power. God, we can't do that. You can. We're not meant to carry that burden. That's yours. And so, focus is the ability to choose the right one thing at the moment. Sometimes the right one thing is to say yes. Sometimes it's to say no. Sometimes the right one thing is to take a break. Sometimes it's to knuckle down and to graft. Sometimes the right one thing is to walk away. Sometimes it's to stand and fight. Sometimes the right one thing is to hold on. And sometimes the right one thing is to let go. So how many of us today need to apply the app of focus? Maybe you're feeling overwhelmed. Maybe you've got all this stuff going on and you're thinking, you know, I know for us with Simeon, it's often what will happen in the future and what will happen there and how do this? And, And all of a sudden you get overwhelmed and you can't see the wood for the trees and you have to stop and say, God, help me to focus. Help me to focus on the one thing that I need to focus on right now because I need peace and perspective or I'm paralyzed. If I don't get peace and perspective, I've got no way of moving forward. And maybe some of you need that this morning. I want to ask the band if they come back. And I want to ask us just for a moment. We've got a bit of time this morning. We're going to invite the Holy Spirit to come. And whether this is new to you or not. But we're going to ask him to speak to you. I'm going to ask him to speak to you individually as you sit here this morning. So why don't we just close our eyes for a moment. And I want you to try and... Get rid of the distractions if you can. Don't be distracted by anybody else or anything else right now. Don't distracted means to be pulled away. Don't allow anything to pull you away right now. Who needs to apply the app of focus? Who needs to receive perspective and peace again this morning? I, I know that many of you are facing an overwhelming circumstances. Many of you in the area of health. Not just of yourself, but of others close to you. And it's overwhelming. And all of the questions and concerns and fears, and they're overwhelming. And you can't see the wood for the trees. Some of you are facing overwhelming family and job circumstances. Many of you are looking for a new job, or you're in a tough new job, or you're out of work, and it feels overwhelming. And you can't see the wood for the trees. Many of you have got personal issues that are overwhelming to you and you can't see the wood for the trees, maybe the Holy Spirit could allow you to focus and maybe through the trees, maybe you could see Him, the one who hung on a tree that we call Calvary, the one who was nailed to wood, the one who never lost His perspective and never lost His peace and never will, who felt overwhelmed but wasn't. The one who's here today by His Spirit. The one who welcomes you. The one who invites you. The one who invites you to choose to focus on Him in the midst of what is overwhelming you. It says in Isaiah 26 verse 3, You will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you. Jesus. Father here we are we say Lord Jesus we need to receive and want to receive that app of focus again God would you help us Holy Spirit would you download that peace and that perspective as we focus on you in the midst of all that is threatening to overwhelm us we see you we choose to focus on you Lord it's well with our soul may not be well with our work it may not be well with our body may not be well with our loved one but God it is well with our soul and we choose to focus on that we choose to focus on you Holy Spirit would you help I pray and right here across this place we keep our eyes closed for a moment maybe in the quiet room or the parent baby over for him or those listening on podcast maybe right now you need to respond to him and to focus on him and if you need that if you're feeling overwhelmed right now but right now you say God I need you God would you speak to me God help me to focus maybe just reach your hand up to God for a moment let me pray for you bless you anyone else just reach your hand up say that's me that's me I want to see the wood I want to see the wood through the trees just reach your hand up Father I want to pray right now all across this place would you just focus help these people to focus on you right now and God, tomorrow, when all those things threaten to overwhelm us, help us to apply what we know. To apply what we know. To focus on you, the author, the perfecter, the keeper of our faith. The one who's never overwhelmed. The one who never loses his peace or perspective. Help us to focus, I pray. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing this cracking song as we finish. Uh, and this is a song about really putting this into practice. The fact that, you know, when we, when we follow God, we will get overwhelmed at times. But we have an anchor. We have a refuge. We have a, we have a cornerstone. We have some solid ground that we can stand on. We'll not be overwhelmed. We'll feel it, but we'll not be. The Bible says you'll pass through waters, you'll not be drowned. You'll go through fire, you'll not be burned. You'll feel like it, but you won't be. because so we have a cornerstone. So why don't we stand and we're going to sing this incredible song as we finish our time together. Bless you.